Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. So happy to be here with you today. My guest today has been a favorite of mine for a while. It's Willow Nightingale from All Elite Wrestling. Willow has made a big impression on fans in a pretty short time, being a top contender for the championships in both AEW and ROH, as well as being the first New Japan Strong Openweight Champion. AEW will hit her part of the country and mine. Saturday, December 30th at AEW World's End at Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. No word on Willow's match as of taping this, but I think she should be on the card. She brings so much happiness and positivity wrestling, and that's what makes her and her persona stand out. So here we go with my interview with Willow Nightingale. So happy to be joined today by the one and only Willow Nightingale. Willow, welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So, uh, World's End is coming to the Nassau Coliseum December 30th. That's my home area as a Long Islander. I'm pretty sure it's yours too. Yeah. Uh, but you're worldwide Willow now. What does it mean to you to have an opportunity to perform when you get so close to home? Um, I think the best way to really put it is all of my first memories associated with professional wrestling we're all tied to here. Nassau Coliseum was the first place I ever got to see live professional wrestling. Um, anytime I ever heard of like wrestlers being nearby was obviously associated with that. And now uh, one of the biggest joys that I have in, in being able to wrestle on television and around the world is to share that with my family who all still live on Long Island. And my parents, uh, they're big. Uh, concert goers, they like to see a lot of the local bands that play at local bars. And they're, they're at the point where they are, they'll be like, hey, Willow's on TV tonight because Collision's on Saturday nights. So my parents, they go out, but they still make sure they watch the show. They'll get it on at the bar and all their friends, all the people in the bands, they're like, yeah, AW. So when they heard that we're having a show at Nassau Coliseum, they were like, we got to go. We got to pull up and support. Um, so I think in terms of like the child within me, um, I'm excited on that in terms of like making my family and friends proud and then being able to see the scope of what we do is exciting. Um, it's just really kind of firing on all c cylinders of like joy and around the holidays too, which yeah. is like extra, like this uh, air of, of family and friends and gratitude and joy. Um, so it's really, really beautiful, honestly. Until you said it, I didn't even think about it, but my first wrestling show was also at the Nassau Coliseum. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually had the opportunity to see you wrestle before you were in AEW in the NYWC. I looked it up in uh, 2017 when you won the Starlet Championship uh, over, was it Jay Red or Jay Reed? I'm trying to remember the name. But, oh, Jay Red, yeah. Yeah, I was I was at that show, apparently. I went to a couple of those back then with my, with my brother. Um, I liked you then, thought you had good potential. I think that was before I realized you were on Holy Foley also. Um, when did you know that you had a good chance to be on this kind of a national stage? And how did, how did AEW come up as an opportunity for you? Um, so when I very first started wrestling, um, it was definitely like a selfish endeavor, something that I wanted to do for myself. Uh, because even though I had been a fan for many years, I had kind of been... I would say I had a low self-esteem and I didn't really see myself capable of accomplishing something on such a great scale because I may not have looked like wrestlers that I've seen on television in the past or may not have had the personality of other wrestlers I've seen on the past. So it just didn't really seem possible for me. Um, 
but a lot of the people at NYWC that I had trained with, um, and just like people I had met with through networking all over the country, all over the world, um, they gave me the confidence and fans, like an audience, just like giving me any kind of like applause or meeting me at a merch table and saying like, you meant so much to us. Like you're, you're different than all these X, Y, and Z people that we know. And like, there's something about you that really resonates with us. All of that together cumulatively, like gave me the confidence and belief to keep striving to for more in professional wrestling. Um, and so it took me about like seven years before things really kind of started clicking with AW. Um, but during the pandemic, um, I felt like while a lot of things felt like they were at a standstill, whatever opportunities I was being given was really reassuring me that I was kind of putting out the best work I had ever done before. And when they reached out to me to come to Jacksonville and do um, some extra work, of course, I jumped at the opportunity. And uh, a lot of times, extra work, things like that, you don't really know how to make that become something bigger. But for me, I knew that the only way that I could ever be a part of the game is if I was at least sitting on the bench. These, these, these are the words exactly what my boyfriend told me when I was like beating myself up. And so I kept showing up whenever they'd reach out. And uh, that same thing that all the people that would come to my merch table would tell me, all my peers, all my mentors would tell me, uh, it shone through. Even, even though I might not have been like the spotlight at the time, um, you know, Tony Khan, all the people at AEW saw something in me and, uh, gave me the career that I have now. So uh, I think the lesson there for wrestlers and non-wrestlers alike is sometimes just being yourself, which as corny and cliche as that sounds, is really uh, the most powerful tool that you could have. And to your point too there, you know, you were talking about, you know, looking different, being different than maybe some of the other things that you were seeing. But to me in wrestling, different isn't bad. Different makes you stand out more and makes people remember you more. So um, you seem like you would be the best of what would be like the most athletic kid in school and the theater kid at the same time. Like, what's your background? Did you have a sports or performing background before wrestling? Because it seems so natural, just like your presence, you know, to, to, you know, to your audiences. So what's funny is I never really viewed myself as an athlete, even though I was doing sports in high school. Um, now, with like nearly a decade of wrestling under my belt and uh, the things that I've been more athletically inclined to do and fortunate to uh, excel in, I've realized, okay, my parents, um, my dad, when I was a kid, used to do a bunch of bicycling tours. He's like in his mid to late 50s and he'll still walk around on his hands, do like a little handstand as a party trick. <laughs> my mom used to be like a, like a high-ranked sprinter back in her home country, Guyana, uh, when she was in school. And it's like, of course, like, of course, I was naturally inclined to do athletics. Like my parents, are <laughs> they're just like, they love movement, they love athletics. Um, and so I did shot put, I played tennis. Um, but none of those things was I like the star athlete at. Um, but obviously I held my own and I loved being a part of like a team and like having the trust and um, in other people that I'm playing with, like my teammates. 
And I also loved encouraging other people. So all of that plays into wrestling. And then I was a theater kid. I played saxophone. I was in chorus. I uh, was in theater uh, on and off for a few years. But I was also in like as many clubs as I could possibly be. I was in like honor rolls. I was in grade council. I was in art club for a little, like I was everywhere in school. And all of that, I think, I remember thinking to myself when like time for going to college came up, I was undeclared. And I was like, I don't really know what I wanna do. I feel like I'm not to toot my own horn, but like I'm good at a lot of things, but I don't know the one thing that really like calls out to me um, and I had always loved professional wrestling. So when the time came for me to try it, it was like, oh, I just get to do all the things that I love and roll it into one. So you're right. Like uh, a lot of a lot of my eccentric interests and hobbies and all of that throughout my whole life really paired well with the all encapsulating entertainment, athletic spectacle that professional wrestling is. How did your enjoyment of pro wrestling change from when you were a fan to when you became, you know, training for it and then and then performing too? Did, did it change the way you viewed it? I think so. Um, because a lot of times I would be reflective in whatever I was watching. So when I was watching wrestling before I was training, it was very much just like, Sometimes I I think back on it, I'm like, I wonder if I even really understood the depth of what I was watching or what I was looking at. And um, the moment I started training, I was like, oh, well, they're doing they're doing this and you see how how their feet move here and you see how this helps engage the crowd better. Or I would personally, when I would like study tape now, I break it down into like what I want to do better or um, and I will look for that in wrestling. If I think to myself like, oh, I want better conditioning, I would watch like Ironman matches and see kind of like how the athletes pace themselves out, mm. how they uh, at different points will work. They'll work their opponents, they'll beat them up and uh, maybe like, you know, just different things like that. Um, Sometimes if I feel like I want to build a better connection with the crowd or I feel like that's something that I'm lacking in, I will pay attention to like how theatrical people can be. I will think of like the tools that I have as a performer during my entrance to make things more enticing for people to look or to click with me. Um, I'll look at people's gear sometimes. I'll even, I'll, you know, I'll dial down things like that. Um, so I pick wrestling apart a lot more now than I did then. But at the end of the day, it's really nice to sometimes sit back and just enjoy things. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really love about like AEW. Um, Cause even on show days where I might not be as involved as like I have a big match or something. If it's like a day where I'm just doing a promo, that's great. I, I can do my share of work and sit back and just enjoy it as a fan and be like, this is my job. And I just get to geek out over what my coworkers are doing. Um, so big pat, pat on my back to, to, <laughs> to having that life, you know? Yeah, that's great. How much of your persona is you? And has anyone ever told you you're too positive or you're too nice? Because it seems like a lot of times wrestling, it's just, it's yelling and mean and, you know, whatever. But, like, that's that's not you. I would say a lot 
a lot of myself is in my character. When I first started wrestling, I really wanted to be like this tough, like, cause I think that was something that I was drawn to is like the dichotomy of like always feeling kind of like a small person. I, again, I feel kind of like I had a low self-esteem when I first started. Um, I wanted to have this like brash, like I'm going to beat you up. I'm the toughest person. Um, and it wasn't believable because it's not who I was. It was very inauthentic. And then somebody gave me a piece of advice. Um, one of my trainers, Blake Morris, uh, had told me, people have fun watching you have fun. And like, of course, people can express that in a million different ways. But for me, that meant like, oh, just what I do, how I have fun, find a way to put that forward. So all of my little quirks and idiosyncrasies and everything that made me comfortable being myself, I just kind of let lead the way. And that's really when I started seeing things click. And um, I think, of course, like my wrestling persona is the best of me in that sense. I'm, I'm a human being. I experience a full range of human emotions. I'm not happy 100% of the time. Right. You know, I have down days. I have struggles that I go through. And um, I think Willow Nightingale, uh, that the whole crowd gets to see is what I want to share. Like, of course, we all go through tough times. We all have hard days, hard months, hard years, like hard periods of our life. Mm -hmm. um, but wrestling is the thing that I love the most. And so I get to go out the ring, out to the ring and like smile and share that with you. So even if like I was having a really bad day backstage, my entrance music hits and like, bam, this is the thing that makes me smile. And so I'm going to share that with you. And hopefully it can be the thing that makes you smile too. Even if it's just for 20 seconds before I get to the ring and then somebody attacks me and beats me up and I'm kind of like, oh, I'm hurting. This isn't so good anymore. <laughs> but for that 20 seconds, it's the best moment of my day. And hopefully you guys too, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I would, for my, I can speak for myself. Yes. So uh, thank you. Um, how did you land on the name Willow Nightingale? Um, so I'm kind of like a hippy dippy girl. I really like, <laughs> I got my little like sunflowers. I know some people are hearing it. Some people can see it. Um, but I got my flowers. I always, uh, love taking some time to ground and like be outside. Um, and so when I was kind of looking for a name, I was looking for nature names, uh, and willow is the tree, nightingale, the bird. Um, and there were a bunch of other variations that were kind of thrown around, but to me, I just love the way that those two paired together how they sounded um and that's that's how we got here and i do notice too for those who are listening you do have the rocky horror picture show behind you there too so yes. I, I, I will note that i actually went to a showing of the rocky horror picture show after my junior prom one of the ones where they actually you sit in the crowd and they actually watch it on the screen and they perform it in front of the screen too so. that's what made me fall in love with it going to like the shadow cast live yeah. shows oh so good <laughs> the, the worst part of that was that i had a rented tux on and i'm like oh god what are they gonna throw <laughs> so but luckily it's only like toast when they do the toast and that kind of stuff so but uh anyway I, that's just an aside to just notice that while you were talking you know it was like i had to bring i up. actually again i have i had a fan make me the lips oh the rocky heart picture show and this i i have like um a few plans to make a really cool backdrop somewhere so that when I do things like this, there's a better scenery than this. Um, and this I'm planning to put there. So I'm really excited about my Rocky Horror lips. 
<laughs> I have actually sung the show science fiction double feature at karaoke. So. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so things we're learning about each other today. But back to uh, back to pro wrestling and why we're here. Um, how would you describe your uh, wrestling style and what kind of influences it the most? Um, I think it's like powerhouse wrestling with a little bit of finesse. Um, because obviously, naturally, I'm a bigger person. Um, that lends itself to me kind of already having the advantage with strength of most of my competitors. And so I use that to my advantage. Um, but like you noted, I do kind of have a little bit of natural athleticism uh, where maybe you'll see me off the top ropes or you'll see me do like a little a little cartwheel, a little flare from time to time. Um, I, like to, I like to sprinkle that in. Um, and of course, always let like my quirks and like my personality lead the way. Um, so maybe like a dynamic kind of brute. I'm a dynamic brute, if that makes sense. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good characterization. Um, yeah. And there's also so much old school in the things that you do in the ring, too. When you look at your style, you have the, the Dr. Bomb that you do. You have the pounce. You have the rolling of the strap down, which you don't see very much in women's wrestling. So um, do you watch wrestling with an eye towards that? Like what works and kind of tweak what tweak it through yeah. the Royal Nightingale filter sort of? Yeah. I mean, for me, I um, have been very inspired by uh, Joshi wrestling of like the 90s and early 2000s. Um, you mentioned Dr. Death. I do the Dr. Bomb. Um, but I actually had originally taken my inspiration from um, uh, from Akira Hokuto oh. um, because when I had uh, broken my neck, <laughs> uh, she had inspired me big time in terms of like, okay, I can turn it around and I can still have the best of my career ahead of me. Um, and so I borrowed that from her and... Um, yeah, for me, I, I look for like tough, hard hitting people and I want my performances to, of course, be like hard hitting and tough, but still find a way to, um, again, throw my personality in there. So how can I make it a little like funny or cute? Or um, if I was doing this with my five year old nephew, well, he's he's seven now, but when at the time that I was really kind of like, uh, developing these characters, he was still five. I was like, how would I, how would I express this to him for him to understand it clearly? Because um, for me, wrestling is universal. I want to find a way to like make sure that my character, my movements, everything is as easily and universally understood as possible. Um, and so I would find rough, tough people and find a way to be like, I can still be tough, which is what I wanted to be when I started wrestling. I can still be tough, but be myself in doing so. That's I, hope, great. I hope that answers the question to make sense. No, it, it totally does. And you mentioned too, um, you know, Joshi wrestling, all this crossover with New Japan and other companies. I was trying to get to what that means for you. And what, what was it like to wrestle Mercedes Monet and become the first New Japan strong women's champion? Because that was a that was a great opportunity. Oh yeah, it certainly was. Um, I think at that point in my career. Uh, Getting to AEW was like one milestone in and of itself. Um, but I feel like I didn't really 
hit that mark where people were looking at me as a serious contender. Um, and as much of like support I had on social media from the fans in the crowds at venues, um, it felt like that opportunity was like my time to show what I can do and who I could be. Um, because honestly, Mercedes Monet is probably one of the biggest names in women's wrestling. And to have that direct conflict, that one-on-one face-to-face moment with her, um, that was kind of like the moment of like, well, kid, time to show them the stuff that you're made of. Um, and I walked away with the championship and I had a bunch of people, like everyone in the crowd chanting, you deserved it at me, which was really affirming and like fulfilling and emotional. Um, but to me, that was like the moment that was like, all right, you've, you've been a fan for so long, but you've also been a wrestler for so long trying to prove yourself. This is the moment to kick it into gear and hit hit that next level, hit that stride that you really have to show people who you are. Um, and I'd like to think that I've, you know, followed through and knocked it out of the park in my matches. <laughs> I think so. Definitely. And um, I was, I was wondering too, even if it was before Mercedes Monet, before AEW or anything like that, was there a, a name where you stepped in the ring with somebody and you were like, all right, this is pretty cool. This is somebody I, I know, or I've been watching or something like that. Cause you, you had a number of opportunities even before you were in AEW to have those kind of matches too. Yeah. I, I would say there's a lot of people who um, for me had a, a personally big effect on like, um, Mercedes Martinez, who is someone I recently just wrestled on Collision, the first opportunity I had to wrestle her um, was at Shimmer Wrestling, um, which was like an independent show. Probably we did it in like 2017 or 2018. Um, But she was a journey woman who really like, again, paved the way for people who may not fit the mold of their looks or their personality. and so she inspired me a bunch. Um, and I think that was like the first time I had a like, all right, all right, kid, you got this. Um, but nobody up to that point, I think, gave me that moment of like, this is, this is like a moment that people will remember for a really long time as much as when I stepped in the ring with Mercedes Monet. So... It's that's I think that's probably this up to this point, the biggest match of my career. And you had some other things too. you won the Owen Hart classic. You know, you've had other, you know, career stops along the way. What what are the goals now? The long term goals for you or short term goals? Where do you want to wrestle? You know, what what what, what what's kind of, uh, you know, if you if you had a little fast forward a year ahead, you know, or two years ahead, you know, what are you looking to accomplish? Um, I still have not held any championship gold in AEW. So that is a big goal for me. Um, I think um, I would love to return to New Japan, uh, whether that be a show stateside or to wrestle in Japan again, I would love. Um, I think it would be crazy to not mention Wembley 
um, because yeah. we, <laughs> you know, we had that show there where we broke records. Uh, and I, while I was super proud of the team and I was cheering for everybody the whole way, I watched that on my couch in, in Long Island. And as much as I love sitting on my couch in Long Island, it does not compare to Wembley Stadium. So that is a big um, goal for me this coming year to um, take part in that. And um, those are really the three things that would bring me the most joy over the past, over the next year. If I could accomplish those three, um, I'd be, I'd be a happy camper. And while mentioning all your accomplishments, I even left out that you actually main evented a pay-per-view against Athena this year too, yes! which is a pretty big, yes, we pretty were big the accomplishment. First, we were the first women to ever main event a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And uh, I think at the time that we're recording this, two days from now, uh, she's going to be wrestling Billy Sarks in the main event of Final Battle. And um, I think it's, it's really awesome that it is something that can hopefully become more regular for us um and for me to have kind of been a part of the lineage of that and making that something that people felt was significant enough to hold such a um honored and prestigious spot on the card so we're going to move on to something we call the three count now it's going to be three quick questions and your answers first question Aside from Willow Nightingale, who's the most upbeat person in AEW and why? Dasha. Uh, our ring announcer, Dasha, hands down. She is just um, always, like, puppy. Like, I feel like she always just had, like, a splash of cucumber water in her face. Like, she always looks refreshed. She always feels refreshed. Um, and she, like, always has a smile on her face. And, uh will say something nice to you or about you without it feeling forced. She's just very naturally um, like loving and like she feels like a warm hug. <laughs> nice. Very good. Uh, second question. Caprice Coleman does a pretty thorough freestyle of your theme when he calls your matches. What wrestling song past or present do you think you could do a freestyle over? Oh God, um, I couldn't freestyle anything. I, I mean, I could, but it anybody would be, could, you know, it would be really bad. Um, but right now, um, Brian Danielson's entrance music, it was given like some words, so there are words over it now. But when he first started coming out to that music, I used to like jump up and start dancing so I could bust out a freestyle over that track, no. probably. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good answer. Um, and then the last question I had, if you were able to have a match with anyone, past or present, who would it be and why? Um, Whoever is the AEW World Women's Champion because I want that championship. Very good. Well, well, Nightingale, thank you so much for joining me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversation. So great to connect with you. World's End, coming to the National Coliseum on December 30th. I'm looking forward to being there, and I'm uh, looking forward to whatever you're doing, too, because I'm really enjoying uh, all the things you're doing in AW right now. Thank you so much, Phil. It's been a, a joy to chat with you. Thank you so much. Thanks again, everyone, for joining me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I'd like to thank Willow Nightingale for being here today. I'd also like to thank John Schneider from AEW for helping put this together. Follow me on Twitter at Under the Ring for the latest guest announcements. And join me next week where we will have a special New Year's edition looking back at 2023 and ahead to 2024 with Vic Delicious. 
Have a great week, everyone, and happy holidays. <laughs>